Well, this is the head coach of the Merrimack Warriors, Mark Denny. We're about midway through the season, uh, just after Christmas. Uh, first of all, how was your holiday? It was really good. It was um, long. I did some recruiting, uh, a lot of family time. You know, I have with three young daughters, uh, you know, young kids like like you have a couple young kids. It's uh, definitely a magical time of year. So it was. Uh, I don't know how Santa's going to top this one. <laughs> But uh, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. But definitely ready to get back in action. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, you play Army tonight. But uh, first of all, uh, so we we look back uh, through the first half of the season. Uh, seven four and four uh, record overall. Five four and three in the league. Uh, I mean, obviously that's your record now. But uh, your thoughts on on I guess in the first half, what you liked and maybe what you didn't like. Well, we talked a lot about it uh, at the end of the half, and then when we got back, just about. You know, the first half of the season, really, uh, you know, they don't hand out championships. So you're not going to win a championship in the first half, but you could definitely lose one. So all we've really been able to do with a 7-4-4 four, and four start is to um, keep our goals alive. So our goals of making the playoffs, um, potentially getting home ice, potentially going to the garden, competing for a hockey championship, those are still alive. Uh, that's all we've really done. Uh, the other part is we've found out a lot about our team. Um, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, we can defend. Uh, I think with the sixth-rated defense in the country, number one penalty kill in the unit in the country, uh, it's safe to say that, that when we when we play hard that we're a tough team to play against. We've only given up more than three goals once. Um, we've also found out in the first half that we can beat any team in the country, and any team in the country can beat us. So... Um, I think those are important things. Uh, we've got some depth. Uh, it was good. We, we had some guys banged up a little bit at the end of the first half, so that that time I think was well spent getting them back to health. And uh, I don't think I'm the only one. I think all of our guys um, are excited to get back into action tonight. You had uh, in, in the first half it was kind of interesting that uh, the first, uh, maybe the first quarter of that, first half or so, you know, the first uh, six to seven or eight games, uh, you had a lot of scoring coming from the guys that may, maybe you hadn't been getting it from in the past, and it gave you a more w w rounded, balanced uh, attack. And then you had some other guys like uh, Barton and DaCosta that maybe seeing, the, you know, the pucks weren't going in at that point, and then things kind of turned in the other direction down the, the last couple of weeks or so, where they, they started to score more goals, and then the goals weren't coming from the other guys. Any, you know, thoughts on why that happened? Well, you know, it's it's one of the reasons why we're trying. We've tried to build this program from the net out. Um, you know, defense wins championships, and uh, defending is a lot more consistent than offense. Offense comes and goes. Uh, just ask the New England Patriots. Yeah. You know, so they set all sorts of records in I think 2007, and then lose the championship game because they can't execute in the end. So, um, and that's not obviously that's not a knock. It's just. You need to score goals to win games, and, and um, something that we have as something we need to work on uh, more consistently in the second half. Um, but no matter how good you are offensively, offense comes and goes. And so, um, you know, we'd like to get the defense a little bit more involved in the offense. We need our power play to be a little more consistent. I think, uh, I think it, it was good at times. Um, you know, we move the puck around pretty well. We need to simplify it a little bit more and get some more pucks to the net and, and get a little greasier. Um, like to see us handle um, pressure both on the penalty, on the power play, and also on our breakout a little bit better than than we did in the first half. But again, those are a lot of things that 
as the season goes on, you get better at it in general. So, and uh, one of the other uh, bright spots of the first half, obviously, the penalty kill ranked number one in the country, and uh, you've got to be—I mean, can't do any better than that. No, no. Um, we can take fewer penalties, which is something that we talked about at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, and and we'll continue to work on because you know, even if you're you're killing it a 90% clip, if you take 100 penalties, you're going to give up 10 goals. So, um, you know, we've we've got to do a better job of staying out of the box, being smarter, uh, while continuing to play hard. Um, you know, anyone that's that's heard any of our uh, pre or post game talks when we're talking about penalty kill, know that it starts first and foremost with your goaltender. And uh, Joe's done a real good job. Um, and and I think he'd be the first one to tell you that we've done a good job of letting him see pucks. He's worked on uh, being able to find the puck and track the puck better. Um, those things are huge components. And then we've got guys willing to lay their bodies down and and uh, and win one-on-one battles. And you need a little puck luck too, but you you make that and you earn that through hard work. So um, you know we've special teams are you know it's such a big part of the game now, and um, we work on them daily. Uh, it's good to see the penalty killers being rewarded. Do you find yourself spending more time, less time of the same on special teams at this point in the season? Well, the practices get shorter, um, and you have to work on special teams. So just because of that, it, it takes a larger percentage of the practice time because you're not practicing as long. Um, you also have to – it's a hard it's hard to practice because oftentimes the guys that are on your power play are your penalty killers. And some of your best penalty killers are your best power play players, and some of your best power play players are your penalty killers. And how do you practice your best power play against your best penalty kill when it's the same unit, uh, plus or minus a couple guys? But it helps when we've got depth. So you've got a guy like uh, Ryan Flanagan and, and Elliot Sheen, Carter Madsen, who aren't on a power play. Um, there's some consistency there to that. Adam Ross, uh, Fraser Allen, um, you know, they're not on, on power plays. So... Uh, it's a definitely a point of pride. Special teams are hard to practice. Uh, we're always trying to mix it up, but it's also something that we're always aware of. Who uh, pleasantly surprised you in the first half that maybe you didn't quite expect what you were going to get from them? Well, I think, you know, you look at, at um, that junior line of Ryan Flanagan, Carter Madsen, and Elliot Sheen. Um, you know, there's only been one game where they weren't together. Uh, Carter had a, a little tweaked lower body injury. Um they all bring something different to the table, uh, you know. Elliot and Carter. Elliot has been a fixture uh, in our lineup for for large stretches of his first two years. Carter was fighting to get in the lineup and make himself indispensable, and he's continuing to grow as a player. And same with Flanny. Um, I'm really happy with with all of their progress. You know, um, you can't predict it, but when 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 people come in in the best shape of their lives. You know, Carter came back this summer to train with us. That's that's a level of commitment. Uh, Ryan's a leader in our locker room and with our guys. Um, you know, and I think he's got a good understanding now of, of what direction we want to go in so that he can help. He's going to lead one way or another. We're just glad he's leading us the right way. Um, he's very vocal. He's, uh, his teammates love him. So I think that line is, is giving us some stability. Um, and we've been able to play that line against some of the best lines uh, that we've faced. So that frees up Steph and, and Cooch and Bartz and some of the guys that may be a little more prolific scoring-wise to, to play against some of the other lines. If you had an MVP of the first half, would it be Joe Canada? Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a team game, but that's the one position that can really uh, change 
change uh, the outcome of games. Um, I mean, he's doing his job, though, with that said. Uh, he'd be the first one to tell you. You know, we, we've outshot our opponents most nights. So um, he's just taking care of business. Uh, you know, we, there's a lot of guys that I think I could point to. Um, you know, but the way this team's built and the nature of this game, uh, if your goaltender's not in consideration for your MVP, then it's going to be a long year. You've talked before about trying to build a team uh, both with character and guys who have been in winning situations before, have won championships and so on. And and you're in a position now where pretty much every game is big from here on out and uh, you know can dictate whether or not you guys reach the goals that you, you've set for yourselves at the end of the season. Uh, what, what are the, the the qualities or the characteristics that you're lo- looking for them to, to to you know pull out from their back pocket, their their history, their their tradition in the past that uh, will help them in this stretch now from now to the end of the season? Well, it, first of all, they're only big games if we win them. If we lose them, they're not big games because it, you know they become non-factors in in uh, a potential NCAA at large bid. So uh, I think just treating every game as as the same. Um, you know, we kid around in the locker room that. You know, tonight's game is the most important game of the year. Well, why? Why? Because it's the next one. Um, you know, and when you are when you do that, and when you look at and, and take into consideration uh, the process and not the result, that you want to make sure that you're prepared to put your best foot forward, um, to play hard every night, to win battles, um, to be mentally focused, to be mentally tough. You do those things, the other stuff takes care of itself. You'll win more than you'll lose, and you'll end up playing in big games. So the fact that we went about our business the way we did in the first half means that these games are big games. Um, and so you can't change how you do it. At the end of the day, it's just another game. And you, you can't lose lose track of, of the process. And I think when you've played in enough as many big games as some of our guys have, um, it's just a game. You just go out and you do the same thing you'd do any other night. Um, because that's what you do if you want to have success. I know it's somewhat somewhat cyclical of an of an answer, but that's the reality. Is um, you know, there's a reason why guys who play in a lot of big games are good in big games because it's just another game to them. Whereas some of the guys, you know, might grip the stick a little tighter, or you know, and that's counterproductive. So you just have to go out and play. I want to talk a little about the team you're playing tonight, Army. Uh, I- I don't know anybody who doesn't have a great respect for the history of Army hockey, but uh, you in particular. And, and you have an interesting uh, uh, viewpoint, I suppose, uh, having been recruited to play here once. Yeah, I, Rob Riley and Brian Riley are probably sick of hearing the story because I tell everybody it was the best recruiting trip I ever went on, and they keep reminding me that I didn't go there. So, um, I mean, you know, the Rileys are college hockey royalty as far as I'm concerned. Uh, just wonderful guys, uh, all of them. I've, I've gotten a chance to meet, you know, all the brothers and um, – Obviously, Coach Riley, uh, senior, is just you know a living legend. Um, this is the first time we've stayed here, and this is the first time I've stayed here since 1986 when I, I came on my recruiting trip. And uh, you know, it's you, you you really get a sense for um, the history. Uh, this is a really special place. Uh, it's it's very much an honor to be invited to play here. Uh, interestingly, I, you know, I, ha- over half of our team are Canadian, so this is the United States, um, you know, Army's West Point. And you, you wonder, geez, you know, is it going to mean anything to the Canadian guys? And uh, in talking with Brian, what he's found is more often than not, the Canadian guys are more interested in, in the nuances and the, the history than the American guys. Um, 
and it's been interesting to see Stefan walk around and read the, some of the sayings on the walls and, and talking about the honor code and stuff like that. Um, you just you, you realize it, you realize the sacrifice these these young men and women make, um, and uh, you know they deserve all the accolades they get, and um, you know it, it's it's a special place. It's interesting to me because it seems as though you mentioned you spent two days here, uh, well, twenty something years ago, uh, and and it seems as though the time that you spent here, just those couple of days, has stayed with you. Until what were some of the things that that you remember the most from uh, from spending the time here and and that you carried with you? I uh, just just the little stuff, the commitment. You know, I mean, in 1986 they didn't have you know. Uh, iPods and iTouches and all this stuff, you know, that, that we all, I mean, you know, I'm, I don't go anywhere without my iPad now, but, uh, you know, the freshmen aren't allowed to have radios in their room, you know, or televisions. Um, talk about a complete lifestyle change, you know. Um, the the fact that, uh, you know, they're up at Reveille every, every morning and, and uh, it's just, it, it's sort of time has stood still here in a good sense. And, um, I think that's the neat part is as the world has changed, West Point has obviously kept up with it, but there are some principles that stand the test of time, and those have 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 really um stood the tallest here and uh you know i just I remember different things you know the 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 plebes, the freshmen you know doing double time every every time they were out of their room, which I thought was it was you know just wow uh I remember the fact that back then, you know, they'd have tryouts for man the managerial positions because uh, the managers got to eat with the teams and the teams didn't eat in the regular mess hall. They got to eat at the training table and, you know, the rules were a little bit more relaxed. So, you know, they had 40, 40 managers try out for one spot, you know. Um, things like um, the fact that these guys, you know, in the summer, they're usually going to train somewhere, whether it's paratrooping school or wherever, you know, they don't get, they don't get their summers off. Um, it's just a, a huge sacrifice on their part and um, takes special people and we're very thankful, I'm very thankful that there, there are special people that, that are willing to take on that, that type of task. And, and it seems as though it's, uh, you know, you, you've tried to make sure, make sure that you had Army on the schedule and that's something that sounds like is going to continue. You seem to enjoy playing the, the military academies. Well, you know, teams take on the, the, the personality and the characteristics of their coaches, and, you know, Brian Riley's as good a hockey guy as there is in, in the business, and just a good guy to boot, you know. Um, and so, you know, the best the, the the two best parts of my job are I get to pick who we hang around with in terms of the recruits and, and the players, and then I also have a role in, in deciding who we play, um, you know, within reason. Glenn Hoffman obviously plays a role in that as well, and you know, I, you like to play teams uh, that that are to be associated with West Point. I think is is a feather in Merrimack's cap, and uh, I think it also says something about Merrimack College that that you know they they want to put us on their schedule. So um, I think both teams benefit. But um, you know, looking forward, you know, uh, we hope we keep Army on our on our schedule. And uh, in the past, we haven't stayed here, and and just being here the day we have. That will change. You know, when we come back, it'll be at least for an overnight. We won't just come up and back. This is something I think all the young people on our team should should uh, get a chance to uh, experience. And uh, before we wrap up here, then uh, maybe a nice segue. And uh, what can you tell us with regard regard to the non-conference schedule for the upcoming seasons? It's still a work in progress. Um, you know, we've got we've gone we've traveled quite a bit. 
And so, you know, we've got some teams at OS Games. Uh, it's a matter of trying to fit them in. I actually probably have too many home games next year, so we're just trying to work, you know, whether we play them next year or the year after and kind of figure everything out. The one piece that is, is locked in is that we are going to play in, in the Dartmouth tournament. Um, I think St. Lawrence is there as well. I, I, I believe Ohio State and St. Lawrence. It's funny because I've been trying to get St. Lawrence on our – schedule and uh coach marsh and myself and coach Pryor, bobby Pryor's assistant coach um we kept missing each other and i finally saw them down in florida and i had committed to playing in the dartmouth tournament with with uh coach Gadette and i'd kind of forgotten about that and i i said i finally saw coach marsh and i said coach we, we got to get together and we've got to play and he said we are and then I'm thinking, oh, my God, did I overbook my schedule? What's going on? He said, you're playing in the Dartmouth tournament, aren't you? I said, oh, yeah, that's right. He says, well, we're going to be there, too. So I, I do believe St. Lawrence is in it. Um, I'm kind of recollecting this right now. Um, but now's the time of year where we get start hammering things out. I know two years from now we're going to go to Alaska and play at Fairbanks. Um, you know, there's, there's some other things in the works. You know, it's it's – it's crazy because this is the time of year that you're starting to finalize those things, and um, it's also time of year when you, you know you really got to keep your nose to the grindstone, coaching wise, and make sure your team's ready. So, um, you know, to get what what we've tried to do non-conference is twofold. We want to bring teams uh, into our rink that people recognize. So Army is one of those teams. You know, um, if you can't support West Point, then um, you know. Uh, <laughs> with all the sacrifice these young men and they've got a storied program so uh and then we also try to prepare ourselves for for league play and um you know last year we bit off quite a bit with the West Point and the um I'm sorry with the uh the North Dakotas and the Wisconsins of the world but uh you know a lot of times you don't get reciprocity out of them they'll they'll uh, you know there's a guarantee but you know they won't come back and play there so we need to make sure we get some home games too um you know, and then what we also try to do is for the betterment of hockey. So, you know, this this Nashville trip is coming up is a great trip for our guys. We're going to get to play where the Predators play. You know, and we're also going to be able to do a good thing and, and, and give Alabama-Huntsville a, a home game, two home games against the Hockey East team. A lot of a lot of teams, I mean, they're an independent right now, and a lot of teams will play them, but they'll play them on their home turf. So um, when Denton Cole uh, first, at, you know, I heard about the, the possibility of playing in Nashville, I, you know, contacted them right away and, Chris was nice enough to keep the contract, and uh, you know, that's that's going to be a good experience for our guys. Uh, final uh, two-part question: Then uh, Denver and Colorado College is that still in the uh, in the uh, near future? And uh, any thoughts about Penn State uh, joining Division One and playing them in the near future? Yeah, you know, uh, Denver and Colorado College. There was a little bit of a scheduling conflict. It's going to happen. It's just it might get postponed a year down the road with a, with us going to Alaska. That's a, those are two pretty big trips. Uh, you know, you don't want to wear yourself out with travel. One of the benefits of our league is that we don't have to travel that much. So why beat ourselves up non-conference-wise when, when that's not going to be beneficial? Um, in terms of, of Penn State, would love to play Penn State. I know Coach Balboni's reached out, and uh, he and I are swapping some emails. Uh, I don't know exactly what dates they're looking for in terms of the, you know, I think they're going to be an independent for at least a year, if not two, so they'll probably have a lot of slots to fill. But you know, if we could get them into our building, we'd love to go to Happy Valley and play there, you know, whether it's the building they're in currently or the new one that they're planning on building. So, um, you know, hopefully Coach Balboni is listening to this. And, and he, no, we, we have been emailing each other, and it's something that we'll work towards. Those are those are the type of teams that would like to get in our barn for sure. And, and uh, Glenn's been very supportive and, and 
you know, it's definitely not my strength scheduling. It's it's uh, it, we only have seven non-conference games, but it, you know, just lining everything up and making sure that we have enough home games and and uh, you know, travel so that it accommodates the the student athletes academic piece i mean those are all things you got to take into consideration there's a lot of moving targets there so um you know but i think we've it, we've done a pretty good job so far and i think over the next couple of years you might see some different teams come in and uh but the same quality opponents i know you have the the two games this weekend that uh are at your forefront right now but uh the, that january 8th game against maine the first home game when the rink will be completely done you have to be looking forward to that well, I'm looking forward to the rink being completely done. Um, it looked good when we were leaving, and, and those guys have been working really hard. And, and um, you know, it, it's it's neat. You know, obviously we were disappointed when we first found out we were just going to have half done at, uh, at the beginning of the year. But then the, the optimist in me took over, and I, you know, hey, we get two grand openings. You know, we get the first one where everybody gets to see the one half, and then we get to go do it again. Um, but no, you know, I can't get too far ahead. You know. Maine played last night. I think they play again tonight. So I'm sure Timmy and, and the, the Black Bears are focused on uh, Cornell and, and their opponent. We cannot lose sight of, of the cadets from, from West Point. And, uh, and then we'll bounce right back and try to prepare for, for RIT, which is one of the best teams in, in college hockey, Division I college hockey at home. So um, if, if we get too far ahead of ourselves, we could end up getting stung. All right, should be an exciting second half. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way. Thanks, Mike. Really appreciate all the coverage and, and uh, all you and John do, uh, and, and big Mike McMahon as well. Um, you know, we're pretty lucky to have as many people in, in the, the media uh, with an interest in our program.